morning, everyone. Welcome back to Finishing Well, our podcast for Finishing Well Ministries. This is the place we, uh, some of us uh, people with a little bit more gray hair than dark hair, uh, get together, however old we are. And we talk about uh, things that we feel can help us uh, and hopefully encourage us in our in our endeavor to finish our lives well. So if you're younger, that includes you. I'm glad you're here also. Um, so in our discussions, I get to chat with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Holliker, my good friend. And uh, we talk about a variety of things and uh, try to give some um, insight to stuff that we talk about uh, in other places uh, and uh, and help you uh, get your thinking going about what you want to do for yourself uh, and uh, help yourself in your life and, and uh, feel encouraged about finishing well. So I'm glad to be here with Hal. Hey, Hal, how are you this morning? Doing great, Randy. It's great to be with you. I had to chuckle a little bit. You mentioned uh, hair color changes. And for some of us, hair is turning loose and we don't even have it anymore. Yeah. It made me laugh. I yeah. Mean, uh, yeah. Well, life ser- does change as we I'm searching. Open. I'm searching for some in the middle of my head, Hal. And it's it's. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a long search to go after that one. I love it. Anyways, I'm glad we're here together this morning. You know, we have this uh, section of our ministry called the Six Essentials for Finishing Well, and one of the things we wanted to do each year is kind of revisit those. So today we're on the fourth essential: invest in our lives and others. And as I always think about these, I had a friend who played football for Vince Lombardi and the Green Bay Packers. They used to start their summer training camp. Uh, Coach Lombardi would go in the middle of the field. Players all be around and pick up a football and he'd say, gentlemen, this is a football. And he'd always work on the basics. So, you know, that's what I think about this. And this morning, just revisiting these six, uh, kind of doing one each session. We work on investing our lives in others. Uh, I want to get into that today. Uh, we we are here for ourselves and our own relationship with God. He created us in his image for himself, and our joy is in him through Christ. We just experienced Easter, and that's why Christ came, that we would know his Father and his great love through the power of his Spirit. Uh, well, so we are here for our own personal joy, but we are also here for others. We are not here only for ourselves. <laughs> And uh, we need to spend our lives giving us, giving our life away and investing. That's one of the thing, big reasons I think we're here in our aging years. You know, we have the opportunity not only to continue our joy in living with Christ ourselves, but sharing that joy with others and investing in them. So, uh, Randy, if I could, let's uh, take a few verses that set a, a framework, a backdrop for this, and then we can talk about it and encourage each other. Sound that good? Sound, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Okay, one of my key verses in investing into others is Psalm 71, verses 17 and 18. It goes like this. Oh, God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. Stop for a minute. This is an old man's psalm. 
He's reflecting back on his life. And now in his latter years, the best thing he has to share is declaring God's wondrous deeds in his life. He reflects on them. God has been faithful all along. And now in his latter years, he still rejoices in God's faithfulness. Then he says, even when I'm old and gray, oh God, don't forsake me. This process of aging is an alienation process. You know, you feel distant from other people as you age, you slow down. And you feel that spiritually as well. I, uh, you, you and I both know a lot of older people and they wonder, they lament, God, why do you leave me here? You know, I, I just want to go to heaven. My mother said that all the time. And, uh, you know, God has us here for a purpose. And then he says this, until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to all who are to come. You know, we have an assignment from God that goes with our aging years that we are here to tell the story of his faithfulness, his presence, his joy in our lives sharing that with others all around us, sharing it with our contemporaries. We all need encouragement as we age. So we are here to encourage each other. You know, our adult kids need our encouragement. So we're here to encourage them. Our grandkids need our encouragement. So we're here to encourage them and love them. There are young people sitting around us in church every Sunday. There are people around us all of our life, you know, that we know who are younger than we are. And we have the opportunity and responsibility to invest in them. So let me read just a couple other verses that set the stage. Uh, Psalm 89, 1, I will sing of the loving kindness of the Lord forever. To all generations, I will make known your faithfulness with my mouth. This is what we talk about. I think of Psalm 78, 5 and 7. Uh, these are great verses. He, that is God, established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep and obey his commandments. I mean, here you have the challenge to adult parents, older parents, parents of any age. Your responsibility is to pour your lives into your kids and encourage them, teaching them the things of God. You know, Crawford Loritz has a great sermon on the, this passage, and he talks about giving a God confidence to your kids, having, you know, you demonstrate how you live. You, you live with God at the center of your life, and you encourage them to do the same thing. You know, God left a testimony, a witness, his word. You know, we model that. We model our dependence on God through his word. We encourage our children with his word. We encourage them to pass it on to their children. So here you have this picture of generation after generation after generation. Uh, really good. I could give some more verses, but uh, let's stop and reflect on this for a minute. You know, we're here to invest in our lives in other people. Does that make sense, Randy? Sure does, Hal. I mean, I think uh, in our each of our situations, our personal situations, that's Part of our um, makeup and philosophy about what, what our life is all about, 
why the Lord has us hanging around at our age. And I'm a bit older than you. I'm, three, I'm four or five years older than you. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm uh, it, when I uh, successfully uh, made it through and was uh, given the um, blessing by the Lord to beat cancer, uh, it was almost uh, 15 years ago. And I keep saying to myself, thank you, Lord. Uh, I know that is and was for a reason. And uh, I've tried to think that through and work on that uh, ever since then. Um, I would like to add one thing to the overall uh, uh, direction we're going, Hal. I think one of the, one of the real points of power, if you want to call it that, and in my view, of an older person uh, being aware of, being moved by, and being heartened and encouraged in their own head and mind um, and heart about this topic, that God is there for me, is protecting me, and has kept me around, is that I want to be a good model, a role model, as my at my age, as I'm aging. And I think my existence and how I conduct my life is that model, whether I think it is or whether I notice it or not. It's there. My, I think you and I agree. Our argument is that our, our, our kids, whether we think so or not, are still paying attention to us. They still, even as, even as they've aged and are now having their own kids, they still, even though they don't say a lot about it, they still pay attention to how we handle things, what we do, when they bring up stuff to us, how we react. Uh, so I would like to add, Hal, that I think part of the power of this particular essential is in the role modeling that you and I and other people, aging people, do or can do for our own family and for other people without having to say much of anything, without having to declare anything. We declare it through how we live our lives and how we respond. So if I'm in a situation where I cannot speak or I can, my, my voice is gone, I can live my life in such a way that it's very meaningful to other people. That's my argument. And, and, and I can live my life in a way that's just very powerful for others to observe. And they do observe. They do, grandkids do pay attention to grandparents, whether we think so or not. They all come up with an impression, many, many impressions. And they, they don't necessarily say, there he goes again, or there he is doing something different. Mm, that's interesting. But they pay attention to that kind of stuff. That's my view, Hal. 
Well, I think you're exactly right, Randy. We we are an example, and that's one of the best teaching mechanisms ever. You know, you look at somebody else's life. You know, your life speaks so loud. I can't understand what you say. You know, I'd, I'm not concerned about your verbal message. You know, it's your life message that makes all the difference in the world. And I think that's that's why Jesus came. Uh, he said, no man is, uh, no pupil is above his master, but every pupil after has been carefully trained will be like his man. You know, we're to be like Jesus. We're to follow his example. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we're an open book and we want to be an open book to those around us. Uh, just a different a- avenue on this that comes to my mind. You know, for many of us, our kids live different places than we live. So they don't have the opportunity to see us making daily decisions as we age, how we spend our time. And there, I think it is important to learn how to communicate that. Uh, and I find that, I mean, if our ki- I have a uh, daughter and son-in-law and four kids that live in the West Coast. So they don't see my decision-making every day. So how do I tell them? How do I model that for them? Well, I got to communicate it somehow. And I think it's just telling the story of my life, however I can, on a phone call, uh, on an email, uh, FaceTime, you know, just being there and letting them see my life. That's important to me. I mean, you've got to communicate, you know, and even and just in uh, daily life, you know, we're <laughs> I have kids that live here, you know, uh, life is so busy. Sometimes you don't talk about the important things that are going on as you wrestle with God and as you make decisions. And so there is a time to talk about that. But I think your point is very well taken. You know, we are modeling how we live every day for those around us. We are, Hal, and distant or close, um, our, our reactions to them in, 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 in places where they, they don't tell us, hey, this is an important episode in terms of how you react to me. Like, uh, I'll give you a couple examples, Hal. Uh, whenever, it, it, if you are planning family get-togethers and you have commitments from all your family to do that, but one family, one side of the family has to back out for reasons that we think are uh, shaky or Questionable. You know, how much grace do we show in those episodes, whether it's verbal or email or text? How much grace do we show them about that? If they miss our birthday and then send something later and say, gosh, I'm so sorry, Dad. Uh, Things have been crazy or whatever they say. How much grace do we respond with that? Or do we get do we get upset and make that a a new conflict in the family? That's all I'm saying. How is that we can show our love and invest in them in a in a million small ways of showing grace when things don't quite work out the way we think they should. They're not showing us the respect they should. They're not paying enough attention to us as as the patriarchs in the family. Blah blah blah. All I'm saying is that we ought to do a a checkup in our own mind about how much grace we're showing. 
Well, and I think if this verse, uh, declare the wondrous deeds, you know, God doesn't work in our lives because we're faithful necessarily. He works in our lives when we're not faithful. He works in our lives when we're failures. I mean, you look at the stories of the Old Testament. You know, there are failures strewn all across the pages of Scripture of men and women who did did not do what God asked them to do. But what was God? He was faithful to them. He continues to work in their lives. So you model that. You model that yourself. Uh, You talk about your own failures you know, to your own kids, to people around you. And you, you you tell people, I am not who I am because I have been a perfect example. No, I'm not a perfect example. I'm a, I'm a recipient of the grace of God. So why wouldn't I give that grace to my adult kids, my grandkids, my spouse, my friends? You know, we don't want to set this perfect standard. Of, uh, you know, I'm uh, just a, a negative illustration of this. Or, or a, a great illustration of this in First Kings uh, chapter one verse six, uh, the editor of the, the the record of Kings says something remarkable about David. It says he had never crossed his sons at any time. Golly, I think about that. I mean, the failures of men of dads in the Bible are all over, but God loved David. David was a recipient of His grace. And he continued to throw himself on God's grace every day of his life, right up to the very end, when he made some of his uh, remarkable failures. And I think about that. You know, I want to live as a dad for others. I want to live as a man for others. And, And my network of people, where people see that I'm trusting God and he works in my life day in and day out through weaknesses, through failures. I want to model that. And I want to encourage other people to live that way. You know, we're not perfect dads. We're not perfect parents. We're not perfect spouses. You know, nobody's perfect. So we all want to encourage each other through the faithful work of God in our lives and be that example. Yep. You're right on. Yep. And so investing means we, we for you and me, I'm sorry, Hal, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I know you pretty well. For you and me, investing is heavy on the idea of making sure I've covered my closest relationships with that uh, idea, my, my spouse, my, my kids, my grandkids, and my, uh, you know, my other family members. Uh, so investing is a term that you have put on an idea. And the idea is that we pay attention and encourage and make sure we are bringing wherever we can God's love to them. Uh, But it could also include a whole other group of people, couldn't it? Investing can include our friends, can include other younger generation people that we know and uh, that are also friends and, and, and maybe that that need and want, need and want some kind of word of guidance or in, uh, of some kind of interest shown in them and some kind of encouragement to the struggles they're facing. And as a senior, I hate to use that word, but as an aging person in our population, many of them look 
to the more aging people as a possible good source of that uh, word that I need or words that I need. Because uh, I don't know that I'm going to get it from my immediate friends. I don't know that I'm going to get it from my own dad. I don't know that I'm going to get it from my own family. And I need somebody to speak into my life. I think you're exactly right. Uh, I want to take it a step further, even as we wind this discussion down. I, I think this is what New Testament discipleship is all about. Uh, you, you're living your life following Jesus, and you're concerned about helping others to follow him as you have. That's what discipleship is all about. Follow me as I follow Christ. And I want to rub shoulders with younger generations around me whose parents may not live in this area. I mean, we're a very, very mobile society today. Kids are often other places and their parents not there. And the only parents they have are kind of like substitute or surrogate parents of older people around them in their church. So I want to encourage them. I want to bless them. I want to pay attention to them just like God pays attention to me. He encourages me, works in my life every day, and I want to be God to them. I, I want to love them. I don't want to sit down and say, you need to learn these three things, one, two, three, and I'm going to hold you account. You, you know, God loves you. He sends his reign on the just and the unjust. And yes, there is a time to teach people and share with them, but uh, God is present in our lives. And the best thing, uh, the Easter message or the cross message is that we just went through and celebrating Easter is that God loves us. He's with us. He will never forsake us if we trust him. And we want to encourage others with that message around us. Uh, just one closing thought here. And Randy, you have, you may have a thought too. You know, when we think of investing, uh, my mind often runs to financial investing. Uh, you're looking for a return on your investment. Well, in this case, we're looking to God to give the return. You know, we don't control other people around us. We're simply available to be his servants, his men, his women, his older people, showing the love of Christ and trusting his spirit to use our lives to encourage others. Does that make sense? That's a good point. I love that point, Hal. So we are here to invest our lives in others. Randy, let me, I'll let you wrap it up today. What do you think? Uh, well, I, I only want to say my wrap up, Hal, is just, if I might, just piggyback on your point, if that's okay. I think that one of the ways we get crossed up and sideways in this whole area is we are expecting return on our investment, an immediate one. And, uh, you know, my time is so valuable that if I spend one minute doing something with somebody that looks like it's not going to produce anything or that doesn't show me the return I'm expecting in it, it's worthless. You know, I, I don't need to be spending my time doing that. And maybe I'm really talking, honestly, about men, not women, more men than women. Um, men tend to think in terms of uh, <laughs> payback, operational, uh, time-wasting, uh, strategic, where's this going? They don't come at it always with just an attitude of let me, let me just find some peace first in my own heart and then just listen 
and let this go where the Holy Spirit takes it. They don't approach it that way. They approach it like, I got to get something out of this myself. And if that's the approach we take, I think it's doomed to failure, Hal, from the get-go. It's doomed to failure. You're not going to get what you want out of that. Uh, yes, you may get some return, but you're you're in it for the wrong reasons. Um, and maybe maybe an understanding that what the Lord wants us to do is give ourselves away, as you have said a million times. Give ourselves away to somebody, to several people, to many people, and not get all hung up. And what's in it for me? You're so right. Good, good thoughts. Man, we could go for a long time just thinking about investment. I, I do want to close with this thought as well. It came into my mind as you we were speaking here. You know, you talk about pouring your life into your adult kids, grandkids. You know, there are many people in our culture whose kids are not doing what their parents or even what God would wish for them to do. They have walked away from the faith. They have uh, made decisions that are different than what we would have made. And ultimately, we trust God with the investment that we have made into their lives, whether it's through prayer. And we may not live to see the return on that investment. But I think the works of God, he is sure, he is trustworthy, he will continue to love and pour his life through ours into other people. And it's kind of like Crawford Loritz said, you pray for generations you will never see. And you don't know how the outcome will be, except you trust God with the investment that he has made in you and you invest in others. And he is the one who directs the return on that. So good discussions, Randy. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope it makes you think about the impact of your life and how we trust God. And let's keep giving our lives away to others. Amen? Amen. Let's do it. God bless. God bless.